0: Next week, all eyes will be on Bali, and not because we're all taking a holiday, it's because leaders from around the globe will meet there for the G20 Summit. It's the forum that brings together the world's biggest economies. A lot of the lead-up has focused on a possible showdown between the presidents of Ukraine and Russia, but there is plenty more to watch out for. So in this week's Squiz Shortcut, we break down some of the big issues on the G20's agenda, how it's all going to play out in Bali, and some of the other diplomatic landmines waiting for the world's leaders. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, it's that time of year again. Our Prime Minister jets off overseas to go to a range of international summits. It's summit season, as they call it. Probably the biggest one on the calendar is the G20. This year it's being held in Bali, in
1: Indonesia, as I said in the
0: intro. So not too far for Anthony Albanese to travel.
1: Yeah, you'd have to be pretty happy with that given a lot of the time these summits are in America, mm. in Europe, uh, certainly a long way away. Uh, he'll be able to arrive jet lag free while all the European leaders are going to really wonder about what time zone it is and the climate that they've walked into. Yeah, but they're in Bali. It's all good. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> I
0: think we found summit season very overwhelming. I remember mm. last year there was a lot going on. We actually did a shortcut on what all the summits are about, the G20, APEC and ASEAN. If you're interested in those, check that shortcut out. We'll put a link in your Episode notes. This time, though, the big game is the G20. So we're going to focus on that. It's short for Group of 20, Claire, and it's set to be a pretty big deal this time around.
1: Yeah. And that's because a lot has happened since this time last year when the leaders met in Rome. It seems like a lifetime ago, really, when you look mm. at the events that have gone on. Uh, but the main agenda item this time last year was COVID, of course, uh, and trying to get a lot more of the world vaccinated. Now it's about Russia and the invasion of Ukraine yeah. that's had such a massive impact on the whole world, uh, both politically and economically.
0: I feel like we've said it a million times, but this conflict, of course, has triggered big shortages of fuel and grain and those price increases that are being felt everywhere, of course. I suppose
1: that gets us back to why this is a matter for the G20. It's something they're probably going to need to tackle. Yeah, it's certainly at the heart of the G20's main sort of focus, which is to be an economic forum. Mm. Uh, it links up the 20th largest or fastest growing economies, uh, and they contribute 80% of what the world produces. In a lot of those countries, inflation is really biting as well. Argentina takes
0: the cake for G20 countries with price rises of over 70% mm. this year, 70 percent. European countries are still close to 10 percent and in the U.S.,
1: of course, Australia and Southeast Asia, it's still an issue because it's running between five and nine percent. Yep, it's an issue for governments everywhere. Uh, That comes down to food prices, fuel, housing. Uh, They're all pretty much more expensive around the world. So making sure that the globe is tackling it in a really smart and coordinated way is pretty important. I logged on to the G20 website ahead of this shortcut, Claire.
0: It's pretty glossy. It's pretty mm. slick. There's <laughs> nothing on the agenda about war mm. or about cost of living. It's, as I said, got a lot of slick videos about Bali being the land of the gods. <laughs> it talks about the pillars of this summit being digital transformation, global health architecture and sustainable energy transition.
1: Yep, there's some big, slick words as well. (laughs) And look, no doubt the officials behind the scenes have been toiling away on all of those issues for months and months. And, of course, they're really important, but you just can't get past the fact that when you have a meeting that brings together the US President Joe Biden... China's Xi Jinping, not Mm. to mention the fact the possibility of the face-to-face meeting between Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, Well, the business that's going to dominate is not really the formal agenda. No,
0: imagine watching the handshakes that are going to happen at G20. That's a favorite pastime of mine. We have to mention this has been a really tricky diplomatic exercise just to get it happening this year. Indonesian President Joko Widodo is the chair, of course, because it is in Indonesia,
1: and he's been performing a major job a cool to pull it off. Yeah, he sure has. Uh, Back in March, we know that then Prime Minister Scott Morrison personally lobbied Joko Widodo not to let Putin attend the conference. Mm. Uh, Plenty of other countries felt the same way too. But Indonesia chose a different path, uh, which was to invite Ukraine to sit at the table because it's not actually a member of the G20. So it is
0: going to be quite the event when it comes to global politics. Mm. To be a fly on the wall of this one would be quite something. Sure would. Let's get into how the whole Russia-Ukraine thing could play out in the room. Like we said, Claire, Indonesia is chairing the G20 this year. That's really important to setting the scene for what's to come because basically it sees itself as a neutral country and it won't take sides in the Russia-Ukraine conflict.
1: Yeah, that's right. So imagine if it had been the UK's turn to host, or yeah. Germany, or Canada, or Australia, uh, Putin would have had Buckley's chance of even being invited.
0: Yeah, and the Indonesian president Joko Widodo feared China would have pulled out if he'd excluded
1: Russia, and the whole summit might have collapsed. That's why we landed here. Yeah, that's right. And he also started this kind of diplomatic offensive. He went to Kiev, and he also went to Moscow. He met with both of the leaders and tried to act as a bit of a peace broker. Of course, that didn't work when it comes to the war, Uh, but then he moved on to convince the Western leaders not to boycott the summit.
0: And he seems to have got them across the line. There's still a bit to play out, of course, but to the context, Russian troops have invaded Ukraine. Mm. We all know that. We know there's evidence of terrible war crimes against civilians. How's the
1: world, (laughs) and this is my big question, meant to sit down and have a cuppa and even shake hands with Putin at this point? Yeah, and look, that's Ukraine's greatest fear out of this summit, that it gives legitimacy to Putin. Uh, For his part, Anthony Albanese, our Prime Minister, has said that he'll go because, and this is the quote, that's what good leadership is all about, showing up and standing up for Australian interests. And we did recently talk
0: about Australia's relationship with Indonesia in the wake of the Bali bombings. That was the 20th anniversary Mm. just recently. It's worth pointing out that Albanese got off to a good start with Indonesia. There appears to be mutual regard. Mm. So if Australia wasn't to attend the G20
1: in Bali, it would seem like a slight on one of our most important neighbours. Oh, yeah, it sure would. So even if that was being contemplated at some stage, it was really taken off the table very quickly. Mm, Yeah,
0: but despite all of that, there's no getting around the fact that there is already serious diplomatic awkwardness Mm. in all of this. Everything from staging the group photo, can you imagine, (laughs) to how people are seated around tables. All of it is just fraught even in the planning stages, and Claire, I've actually been part of planning a D20, so I know <laughs> what all of this takes. All the scenarios would be workshop by the bureaucrats organising
1: the big show. Yeah, if you thought organising your wedding was difficult, I'm sure Imagine. this is a whole other level. Uh, and look, even as we're recording this, we've got to say it's still far from settled if Putin and Zelensky will both show up. Yeah. Uh, Zelensky said last week that he wouldn't go if Putin came. Uh, and while Indonesian officials have been briefing journalists that Putin is coming, Uh, We certainly can't be certain if he actually will make the trip to Bali uh, or whether he'll just video conference in. We will certainly find out. And we've been
0: holding out on actually letting you know that we're not sure if they're both (laughs) going to be in the room together yet.
1: We will find out. If he wasn't to show, that would be somewhat of a relief for world leaders. Oh, it sure would. But don't count on it. Um, We're also talking about Vladimir Putin here. So expect the unexpected. But yeah, let's take Joe Biden. Uh, He's been leading the charge to isolate Russia uh, so he doesn't want to be anywhere near Putin Uh, but before he became the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was strongly lobbying for Russia to be suspended from the G20 Uh, his quote was uh, sitting around a table with Putin isn't good enough when he is responsible for children being killed in their beds as they sleep.
0: We've just sort of peppered through this shortcut, who's actually attending. We don't need to go into all the attendees, (laughs) but as you can hear, it is the major, major leaders around the world. It is a big deal conference. It's also really mind-bending to imagine how Indonesia is going to stage manage all of this, as I alluded to before. Let's take a look now at some of the other big global issues set to play out at the G20. Before we get into what might be in the news next week, a message from our podcast advertiser BHP. This week, they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key to the energy transition to renewable energy. Yeah, we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role resources play in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure as well as in bridges, transportation, hospitals and schools. And a big part of it comes from iron ore. BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Australian iron ore is clear. And by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. Russia and Ukraine aside, Claire, though it's a fairly big thing to put aside, but Mm. let's just do that, there are some pretty intense diplomatic face-offs that might happen
1: on the sidelines. Of the G20. Yeah, there sure are. So let's start with China. Uh, President Xi Jinping is actually playing a bit of cat and mouse uh, and still to confirm that he's actually attending. Gee, I was, I was so nervous <laughs> if you're organising a party. Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, Indonesia says that Xi is coming, uh, but the fact that Beijing hasn't confirmed, uh, it's likely in part at least because US and Chinese officials are still negotiating behind the scenes the conditions of any meeting between Xi and Joe Biden. <laughs> (laughs) It's really hard work to pull off one of these summits. I don't envy (laughs) the people in
0: charge. Explain to us why the US-China meeting is such a big deal. I think a lot of people listening will will kind of know, but give us the rundown.
1: Well, we know that that relationship has become increasingly fraught, uh, especially over the issue of Taiwan. Uh, At the recent Communist Party Congress, President Xi refused to rule out, uh, using force to unify with Taiwan. Uh, Remember, China sees the self-ruled island as part of its its territory. Uh, And Biden has said that US forces would defend Taiwan uh, in the event of a Chinese attack. We've done a couple of shortcuts on this
0: issue, but I think uh, there'll be another one not far away. Biden actually hasn't come face to face with Xi since he became president of the United States. So the whole world will be watching how that one goes Mm. if Xi does attend.
1: And there's a possibility that our prime minister might get some time with Xi Jinping as well. There's no expectations that our Prime Minister will have any formal sit-down meeting with President Xi. Uh, Our officials will no doubt be discussing the possibility of an informal sort of pull-aside meeting Mm -hmm. uh, or any type of encounter that might be arranged between the two on the sidelines of the summit. Uh, Our relationship with China has been pretty terrible for a few years too, uh, and China's put us really in the trade freezer amongst a bunch of other things, uh, including because former Prime Minister Scott Morrison called for an investigation over the origins of COVID. Yeah, and to think it's been
0: five years since Xi Jinping met with an Australian Prime Minister, that was Malcolm Turnbull on the sidelines of the G20 in Hamburg. And we know because Turnbull took a fabulous selfie
1: with Xi. (laughs) Gotta love a selfie. Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> yes. yeah. Turnbull had a beaming smile. Gee, not so much. I think that might be my recommendation today. <laughs> Let's talk about Saudi Arabia because that's another elephant in the G20 room. Yeah, so the Saudis are not popular with a lot of G20 countries, uh, especially with the United States. So Saudi Arabia is one of the leaders of OPEC, uh, which is a group including a lot of Middle Eastern countries that export petroleum. And OPEC's decided to cut oil production uh, right at the time that the world is screaming out for cheaper fuel
0: gee, there's a lot going on, isn't there? It's right to say by doing this, OPEC and the Saudis have really sided with Russia mm. because cutting supply also helps Russia because it's an exporter of oil. So it gets to reap the benefits of higher prices. This party gets more and more complicated.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Russia needs that money, of course, to help pay for its war, mm. uh, given it's feeling the pain of sanctions from the West. Uh, it really does need that revenue. Uh, the other reason Biden is so cranky uh, by cutting supply, it's going to keep pump prices high in a lot of Western countries, Mm. including Australia and the US, uh, right at the time that the world really is trying to get inflation under control. People can't see us when we're doing a podcast, (laughs) but we're like, we've got our hands on our head just
0: going, oh my (laughs) goodness me, this is a huge thing. Biden actually risked a lot by visiting the Saudis back in July. He copped a lot of criticism for fist pumping the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman after the CIA found the prince had approved the brutal killing of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi.
1: Yeah, so Biden, no doubt, had oil on his mind when he made that visit. Uh, It hasn't paid dividends so far. And on that note, Claire, I think we'll leave it there. There's a fair bit else that may
0: or may not happen. As for the dates, the G20 starts in Bali next Tuesday. On to our recommendations. Each week we give you a recommendation for some further reading, listening or watching. As I said, mine is that selfie between Malcolm Turnbull and Xi Jinping.
1: It's worth a look. (laughs) It is worth a look. And look, I'll go light as well, given that content was pretty heavy. Uh, I stumbled on a page of British Vogue while researching the G20. So uh, look, Bridget Macron, of course, Emmanuel Macron, uh, the President of France's wife, her outfits back in 2017 quite like something this, oh yeah it's just have a look at it it's really great she's a bit fabulous isn't she and stylish and stylish yeah mm. well she's
0: french <laughs> exactly kind of, you have to be you'd expect that. thanks so much for listening to our squeeze shortcut this week lined up for next week we haven't quite landed it yet so if you do have a request for a shortcut send us an email to hello at the squeeze.com.au we are very happy uh, to take your requests until then Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us, tell your family, tell your barista, tell your hairdresser, whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.